is the Tactical Nutrition and Performance Podcast. I'm Susan Lopez, Tactical Dietitian, and I am here to help you elevate your performance through better nutrition programming, bridging the gap between knowledge and application to help support the athlete with no off-season. We are going to talk about everything from macros to stress to sleep and more. I will be bringing over a decade of nutrition know-how and experience and introducing you to experts in the tactical performance realm. If you are ready to take your health and performance to the next level and you need information that is relevant and right for you, then you are in the right place. Let's get the show started. Let me tell you about the game changer that I have created for you. The Tactical Nutrition and Performance Database is the center of where I am going to be storing all of my knowledge. I'm going to be teaching all of my nutrition programming. I'm going to be storing all of the tools that I use to coach my personal clients with in this database and I am going to be making it available to you. So if you want to check it out, make sure you head over to tacticaldietitian.com and enter the membership area. Great thing about this is that I am making it 100% absolutely free for anybody who is in the military, served in the military, or who is a military dependent. So head over there, get your free membership. Even if you're not military or a veteran, you can get a very low-cost membership to get all of my nutrition knowledge at a fraction of the price it would take to be one of my one-on-one clients and I'm going to be inside the database helping you figure out recipes, meal plans, I'm going to walk you through different webinars and every month we are going to get together on a live call where you can ask questions. Don't miss out. Take your nutrition programming to the next level and join me inside the Tactical Nutrition and Performance Database. What's going on everyone? I'm Susan Lopez, Tactical Dietitian, and today on the Tactical Nutrition and Performance Podcast, we are going to be talking about bone health for tactical athletes. Remember the old Milk Does a Body Good campaigns back in the early 90s? Your favorite stars slapped on the pages in between your teen magazine with the iconic Milk mustache. Got milk? Calcium always seems to take center stage when it comes to conversations about bone health. And while calcium does play an essential role in bone health, it is definitely not the only factor that is needed to ensure strong and resilient bone. For the tactical athlete who often operates under load and in less than ideal conditions, bone injury is not uncommon. Injuries can range from anything to minor, severe, uh, or even chronic, a list that includes things like shin splints, stress fractures, and even breaks. Any of these conditions could be not only painful, but can have major effects on the ability of the tactical athlete to train and work. So for the athlete whose daily job requires a large amount of physical work, injuries like this regardless of severity, can absolutely set an athlete back, taking a toll on their mental and their physical health 
especially if the healing process is hindered. I can't tell you guys how many people I come across in my office and in my online practice that are trying to heal from things like stress fractures um, or even any type of lower extremity injury really and they get into this situation where their healing process is sometimes stopped or even slowed uh, because they're not really taking into consideration uh, their nutrition during this time. So understanding how to build strong bone, keep it strong, and heal it is uh, something that I think is really important in keeping the tactical athlete both strong and durable. Some interesting facts about bone is that building bone starts at an early age. Somewhere around 90% of your bone mass is developed by the time you turn 18. Bone modeling, which occurs during childhood and adolescence, is a process that allows for the bone to grow by continuously being broken down and then added to. Usually peak bone mass is going to occur somewhere around the age of 25. However, bone remodeling is a process that occurs throughout your, the entirety of your life. Just like every cell in the body, bone is a dynamic living tissue that is constantly undergoing the process of being replaced and re replicated as other bone cells are constantly being broken down. Your body does not stay in the static state, so, so the cells that you have now are not the cells that you're going to have in a few years. In fact, your skeleton replaces itself approximately every 10 years. This is one of those examples that I love that reminds us that we have the power to constantly change ourselves. We just have to understand what steps to take and how to take them. But let's get back to talking about your bones. So two of the biggest factors in building bone are physical activity and nutrition. Non-impact and impact exercise are helpful in building strong bones. During impact activity, microtrauma actually occurs in the bone, and this is a perfectly normal process. This microtrauma can signal that it's time for new bone growth to occur. Another process that takes place whenever we're doing exercise, especially impact exercise, is a process known as mechanotransduction. So in this process, the physical stimuli or the physical act of the impact exercise uh, the stress that it puts on the bone actually stimulates a chemical signal that tells the bone it needs to start building that growth process. Physical activity, running, jumping, playing is so important during the childhood years, particularly for bones. Adults who did not participate in regular physical activity as adolescents may not actually optimize their peak bone mass by the time that they hit their mid-20s and are very likely to experience bone issues like osteoporosis as they age if they don't address this shortcoming. Now, according to one study that I read, which I will link in the show notes, athletes on average usually have about 10% higher bone mass density 
when compared to their non-athlete counterparts. Tactical athletes, interestingly, uh, experience bone injury at twice the rate. Take the military, for instance. In October of 2020, the U.S. Army reported that in 2018, 53% of soldiers reported new injuries, with 71% of these reports being related to musculoskeletal injuries that were largely preventable. The economic impacts of this number are embarrassingly and exceedingly high. Um, a similar number of injuries has also been reported in firefighters. So athletes are supposed to have higher bone mass density than your average sedentary individual, yet we have individuals like those in our military who are experiencing a high rate of musculoskeletal and, and often bone injuries. So that's very interesting to me. So one of the things uh, that I will tell you that I see daily um, is soldiers uh, or individuals coming to me who are suffering a great deal from shin splints and stress fractures. Um, and like I said earlier, kind of a multitude of different lower extremity injuries. And often the physical therapist that I work with will send these individuals into my office. And one of the things that we'll do is we'll kind of assess their total nutrition status, their current status, their previous nutrition status before they were injured, We'll kind of talk about what their nutrition was like in their childhood and adolescence too sometimes because this can be really telling just in terms of why they perhaps were more susceptible to injury uh, in their current adult state. Um, a lot of times I'll do testing as well to check for any vitamin or mineral deficiencies and this can be really telling. Athletes, as a side note, also typically tend to need higher amounts of certain vitamins and minerals. So if we have this combination of an athlete who's coming to see me who maybe really hasn't had great nutrition for a good majority of their life, especially during uh, young childhood where establishing that bone mass density was really important and then they're possibly not living an optimized lifestyle as an adult, all of those things are going to sort of compound and potentially increase their injury risk, especially because tactical athletes tend to work so heavily under load. So a lot of weight-bearing physical activity going on, especially in the military, but firefighters, when they're on the job as well, uh, when they're on calls, are typically gonna be wearing a lot of equipment as well. Police officers on a daily basis are going to be wearing a load around their waist. They could potentially be wearing um, vests as well underneath their clothing. All of this weight-bearing activity can also be a recipe for injury in the presence of uh, weakness in the body, but especially for bones. So when a bone gets damaged, okay, damaged bone stimulates bone repair and remodeling. It sends a signal to your body that, hey, we need to fix this, just like any normal injury or inflammation process in the body. And maybe you've heard that a broken bone often grows back stronger. Well, again, that's true, but only in the presence of an environment that is conducive to healing. Athletes who are underfueled, either intentionally or unintentionally, and undernourished are not likely to be able to recover in the same way that their nutrition-savvy teammates 
might be experiencing healing, low energy availability, not having enough energy or calories, fuel to continue fueling your biological processes after physical activity is a risk factor in predicting injury and in poor or delayed injury healing. While calcium is an important nutrition factor, you also have to take in consideration your status in terms of your phosphorus, your magnesium, vitamin D and vitamin K, and there's a few others, but that's just to name a few. So if you are listening to this and you're somebody who's maybe experienced issues with bone injury or musculoskeletal injury, what are some things that we can do to maybe prevent further injury, right? Another injury, because the best predictor of a future injury is a previous injury. What are some things that we can do to prevent these injuries uh, and maybe uh, get our bones healthier? So uh, like I said earlier, one of the first things that I typically will do is assess someone's nutrition status. And this is something you can do for yourself. You guys know that I'm really big on self-assessment, empowerment of yourself to be able to uh, really take control of your health. And always, 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 the first step is self-assessment. Take into consideration your current and your previous nutrition history. What's your intake of calcium-related foods been throughout your life cycle? Are you getting enough calories on a daily basis to support healing or just to fuel physical activity? Adequate protein intake is important. Taking a look at your micronutrient intake. This might be a situation where if you are recovering from injury, and you're not sure if your nutrition intake is adequate, this might be a situation where you wanna get on a really good high quality multivitamin. You also wanna take a look at your current and previous physical activity levels. So if you're not healing from injury, you don't necessarily have any, um, uh, any, um, any recommendations on avoiding physical activity for your injury or you don't have a physical injury that's impairing your ability to do physical activity, then you want to make sure that you're getting enough weight-bearing activity in. The American College of Sports Medicine does recommend that you get some type of weight-bearing and or impact activities regularly, anywhere between three to five times a week. So you really want to make sure you're getting that in. Put a load on your back, guys. Taking a look at your injury history, just like I said earlier, bone-related injuries, any injury really, but bone-related injuries, um, usually the best predictor of a future injury is a previous injury. So if you have been injured in the past, this is typically going to increase your risk for injury in the future. And always when someone is coming to me with some concerns related to their bone health or to bone-related injury, the first thing I'm going to do is get their vitamin D levels checked. Making sure that you have enough vitamin D is going to help your body to be able to use any calcium that you are taking in appropriately. Vitamin D is absolutely essential for the for the body to be able to use the calcium that you're taking in to build strong bones. Now, if you are deficient in vitamin D, supplementation of calcium and vitamin D 
uh, in someone who's deficient can actually reduce the incidence of stress fractures by as much as 20%. So make sure you get those vitamin D levels tested. And then make sure that you're taking in the appropriate amount of uh, vitamin D to re-establish sufficient levels of vitamin D in your system. You really want to make sure that you're working with a physician or a dietitian who can help you figure out what an adequate level of intake on your vitamin D should be to get those levels back up into a optimal range. I'll give you guys a little bit of a personal story. Uh, this occurred a few weeks ago. I was actually having a conversation with a couple of physicians and it had come up in conversation that this one particular individual's vitamin D levels were below the sufficient uh, level range. And it was recommended to them that they take in about 800 IUs a day to reestablish their vitamin D levels. Now, I will tell you right now that in this instance, that's probably too low of a dosage to really bring insufficient vitamin D levels back up to where they need to be. The recommended daily allowance for vitamin D is currently only 600 to 800 IUs per day for maintenance. Now in athletes, this is typically going to be too low and in someone who's deficient, you really need to be taking in amounts. Again, always check with your personal healthcare professional, but you really need to be taking in amounts of approximately 5,000 to 6,000 IUs per day uh, for about six to eight weeks. And then of course you wanna have your vitamin D levels retested. And this is the recommendation that's being put out by the National Endocrine Society. And then once your levels have reached a sufficient range, intakes of 1,500 to 2,000 IUs per day may be necessary for active individuals. So you can see that there's a big gap there. Um, so when I was talking to these two individuals and I was explaining this to them, and then later on I sent them the references for it, of course, you know, the question was, is, you know, just why sometimes the, the medical professional is still recommending those lower amounts. And the truth is, is because that's what the RDA is set for. So we just have to do a really good job of educating ourselves. You want to make sure that if you are an athlete and especially a tactical athlete that you're seeing someone who specializes in the type of individual that you are and in your specific needs. Okay. So that's all I have for you today, guys. Just a really quick, nice bone health discussion. I'm super excited about the mastermind that's going to be happening this Saturday inside the Tactical Nutrition and Performance Database. Jamie Mraz is a tactical physical therapist who is actually going to be joining us to talk about uh, bone health, about bone injury, especially in the lower extremities how we can rehab that and how we can sort of decrease our risk of re-injury. She's gonna be discussing that with us in the mastermind. Jamie's so cool, she specializes in working with tactical athletes and she's gonna be sharing her knowledge with all of us in there. So if you would like, make sure you go to tacticaldietitian.com, check out the article <laughs> on bone health. Um, head over to my Instagram page, uh, there's some links in my bio where you can see how you can sign up for the Tactical Nutrition and Performance Mastermind. 
Um, some really cool stuff gonna have posted in there also. So if you're a member of the Tactical Nutrition and Performance Database, I've actually posted some bone health support meal plans inside the database along with uh, all the recipes that go along with those meal plans and even a meal prep guide. So make sure you take a look at that. And if you're someone who needs help with your bone health, you need support from a nutrition perspective, you're going to get a lot of resources uh, from the database. So I hope you got some good information out of our little chat today. If you have questions, make sure you send me a message on Instagram or you can drop a voice message uh, through the podcast by clicking the links in the show notes. And I will see you next time. Thank you.